Hey there. If you're anything like me, you have dreams you want to make reality or goals you want to achieve. But let's face it, time is not on your side. You're busy, you're tired. And when in the world would you carve out the amount of time you would need to achieve anything above and beyond the day-to-day -day load you're already carrying? Welcome to Mom on the Fringe. I am your host, Amy Matthews Mootville. I'm a busy mom of three young children, an entrepreneur, singer, voice teacher, and lover of any old piece of furniture that needs restoration. I am here to support you, encourage you, and give you tactical tips and tools to help you find those hidden pockets of time in your busy week and use that time to your advantage. Let's get started. So in episodes five through eight of this podcast, I shared my story with you, not in an effort to be TMI or make it all about me, but so that you might hear your story within mine. My story was not the one that I intended to live and eventually tell, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And it's one of those turning point moments that's defined everything that I've done since then. Oswald Chambers wrote in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, if you're going to be used by God, he will take you through a multitude of experiences that are not meant for you at all. They're meant to make you useful in his hands. And friends, I want to be useful, don't you? I want to be that friend or that tour guide that walks you through your own story and helps you not just be a better version of yourself and do more that makes you happy. Haven't you seen that mug or that picture that somebody beautifully painted uh, with the lettering, do what makes you happy? That gets on my nerves because that's not why we're here. Note to self, right? That's not why we're here to be happy. But we're here to glorify God. And we're here to make a bigger impact in this world. I want to be useful. And I want you to be useful. And I truly believe that the only way we can really be useful is if we get really clear on our story and how we are to use it for his glory. Now, this quote that I just talked about it speaks volumes to me because I want to be useful in his hands. I want my life to matter, not because I did anything great that drew attention back to me. And believe me, as a performer <laughs> in opera, I've had that. And you know what? It never fulfilled me. We think all the time that if we see people that are up on a stage or doing something and they have a platform or they have fans or followers nowadays, that's where the fans are, right? On the online. That that's fulfilling. But that never fulfilled me. My goal is to direct all the attention back to the one who made me. It's his glory, not mine. Isn't that what this is all about? 
I feel like we live in a culture that breeds comparison and puts people who have achieved amazing things on a pedestal. And yeah, I'm not saying we shouldn't be excited or uh, get inspired or admire people who have done great things. I certainly do. I certainly admire people. But simultaneously, we're, we're all numbly staring at our screens. And some of us are feeling paralyzed because our lives, we ourselves are not doing all the great things that we see others around us doing. And we begin to diminish our own achievements, our own lives. The truth is, though, I believe we can attain fulfillment, we can attain peace and happiness or whatever it is we think we're looking for by just doing a little bit at a time, day after day after day. And I also believe there are some steps that we need to take in our lives to potentially eliminate our need to compare ourselves to others. Now, if you feel like I'm going down a rabbit trail, you may be right. I may be. But I feel like this is such a loaded conversation that as I begin to think through it, I'm like, what is causing us to feel unfulfilled? What is causing us not to step out into our very selves and do what we were called to do. Because I'm not just talking about dreaming big and that we were made for more. And I know that's a catchphrase right now. You were made for more. Yeah, yeah, you were. But I kind of tend to think about it like this. I think it's a great phrase. But I don't think of made for more in terms of you were made to be a big star or that I was made to be a big star. Do you know that I used to believe that that was achievable and that was possible and that's something that I wanted? And throughout this week, as we talk more and more about getting clarity, I'm going to talk about how if I would have stepped out this whole process and really thought through, that's what it means, right? I didn't know that, what it means to think through something, not just think about, but think through something that you want to do. Because when you think through it and you think of the end result and you start from the end and go backwards like you're supposed to do, you might find out, eh, I don't really know if that's what I want. I don't think that's what I want to have happen. I didn't step through when I was thinking early on about becoming a soloist or an operatic singer. And here's why. <laughs> I was laughing actually yesterday at church telling someone, I don't really enjoy it. I don't really enjoy, I loved singing, but I don't really enjoy the rehearsals, someone dictating my time for six weeks at a time. I don't enjoy having to always be on call and ready to go, ready to go on stage for eight hours at a time. And 
once the actual performance comes and people talk about this performance high and how it makes it all worth it and it was so great, I never felt that. I would go through a process of feeling just total drudgery. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to rehearsals. And then I get there and I go through the motions of the rehearsals and we get better and we get better and we figure out, you know, where to walk and what to do. And then you get to the actual performance and there's all this hype and these nerves and anxiety around making sure everything is in place. I don't enjoy that. And then the actual performance happens and you sing and you do your thing and then it's over. And all of this work that went into this whole process of leading up to this performance and this anxiety and all of the things that we were doing, it comes to an end. And I got to a point where I said, you know what? (laughs) I don't really, what's the point? Now, I'm not diminishing anyone else if they're doing this. I absolutely admire my friends and people I know out there who are making a living as professional musicians or performers of any kind. I think it's very noble and it's a very amazing thing to be a part of for some people. For me, it was torture. And for me, it never brought me this kind of satisfaction that I had done this job and now I could, you know, sort of beam and rest on my laurels. I always felt like I was being really self-critical, like I was really involved in my own sort of journey with it. And when it was all said and done, I just felt empty and drained and kind of depressed. So I realized that was not the path for me. And ever since then, I've been working really hard to find out what that path is. That doesn't make me an expert. It just makes me maybe a little further along than some people at figuring out what they're supposed to be doing. I feel like I've been trying to figure it out ever since I realized I had gotten a degree and worked so hard at doing something I didn't really want to do. So when I talk about breaking it down, thinking it through, and really going through these steps. I want to back up just a little bit. I just told you that story, but I want you to realize whatever it is that you're trying to do, I want you to know what is the end goal, okay? Maybe you're going, I don't know. I don't know what the end goal is. Maybe maybe you just want to paint because it feels good, and that's fine. Maybe you just want to get in shape because your back is hurting or you want to look better in a bathing suit. There are so many reasons behind what we do. I just want to make sure that whatever reason it is, you're making that decision and you're clear about it. And when I start thinking about that, it comes to mind that we get into sometimes a trap of comparison. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So I really believe before we can get really clear on what it is that we're supposed to be doing, we need to break the cycle of comparison. I feel like many times in my life, and I'm just going to be real here because that's what we're here to do, 
but I see this happening with others as well. But in my life, I have been influenced in some way, shape, or form by the people I associate with. And it might be people around me at church or in some kind of mom's group or some kind of uh, you know special group that I'm involved in, my neighbors. Um, I see this happening with people at their kids' schools with other moms. I see this happening online. It's really big online, right? We compare all the time. But what I found to be a big thing for me was that I was looking around and I was seeing what people were doing. As I will talk about in later episodes, I really didn't grow up with anyone really guiding me to a career path or showing me what things were my gifts and what things that I would do well at, okay? Not to put down my upbringing or my parents at any cost. I'm not doing that. But what I did feel like was that I was a little bit of a wanderer. I didn't know. I didn't really think about it until I had someone come in my life and sort of help me and guide me toward a path. But I really think what shaped me is that I began to look at what other people were doing. I really feel like we get into the trap of comparing ourselves to other people and not just comparing, but really trying hard to be like them in order to formulate our own identities. And I have seen this in myself and I've seen it in others. And I, I'm able to call it out because I know what it's like to remove myself from a setting or an environment that I compare myself with and I find my identity in. And all of a sudden I'm free. Have you ever had that feeling where you're in a situation, you know, whether it's your neighborhood or your a group you're in or workplace, and you find yourself getting kind of wrapped up in the comparison issue and trying to be more like so-and-so or trying to be better than so-and-so. You get into almost a, a competition because Comparison comes first, and then there's this competition in us that says, I'm going to do this better than her, right? I see it all the time in, in the singing world. We try to one-up. We try to be better than the other person because that helps us establish who we are. And to an extent, that's healthy. We're born with that. It's a good thing to do. But it's also damaging. And it also prevents us sometimes from really finding who we are. I say this because sometimes we are in environments for one reason and then we start comparing ourselves to the people in that environment for other reasons. Let me give you an example by the, when I say this. So if you've ever been, if you're a mom and you've ever found yourself in a mom's group, which I've been in many, and you're in that mom's group because you have children under the age of five. You have preschoolers. 
and you all happen to live by each other. So those are some common denominators. But there are other things that you start noticing in this mom's group. Like maybe the women in this mom's group uh, shop at a certain place for their clothes. Maybe the women in this mom's group all cook organic meals for their kids. You know where I'm going with this, right? Maybe the women in this mom's group all have name brand $1,000 strollers. And here you are. Can you tell I'm saying this from experience? Here you are with your jeans you got at Target, your stroller you got on Facebook Marketplace, (laughs) and you just fed your kids Costco frozen Tyson nuggets. And all of a sudden, the comparison kicks in. But you weren't in that group because of the organic chicken. (laughs) You weren't in that group because of the high-class strollers. You were in that group to find friends. You were in that group to have a community based around the fact that you all had children under the age of five, right? But other things come into play. All of a sudden, you find yourself going, oh my gosh, she's doing this. Oh, I can't believe I need to do this now, okay? But if all of a sudden you had to move somewhere and you had to pull yourself out of that environment and all of a sudden you were dropped into another mom's group where the women were a little more like you, And they bought their kids chicken nuggets from Costco, too. And they didn't care about the strollers that they were buying. But they did enjoy talking about God and what he's doing in their lives. All of a sudden, the shift changes, right? And you start to realize, oh my gosh, I've been comparing myself to these other women who were sweet and great, but I was worried about what I was wearing to our playdates at the park. And what I should have really been concerned about was my spiritual life. Okay? Now that can go down another road too, and you can get into the... the, playbill of wondering, you know, are you spiritual enough? And are you talking about things that are, you know, going to make people, other people think you are also just as godly as them? And are you reading your Bible, you know, straight through in a year? And you can get into that. So we have so many, I could go on and on with examples, but you get what I'm saying? If you take yourself out of this environment, and there's actually a term for this environment, that we use a lot actually in the opera world and it's called microcosm when you're it's it's an on location situation right you are you find yourself when typically when you are uh, singing in an operatic uh, role and you are employed by a you know an opera house to do a role or even you know for a concert of some some kind specifically opera, because those take a lot more time to pull it together. You've got, you know, sometimes five, six weeks, up to two months of just being in that location, 
rehearsing with these people. And over that amount of time, and truthfully, over two weeks, this can happen where you start to formulate this sort of microcosm. It's a human survival technique where we want to be like the people in our surroundings, right? So you start going through, you know, you start realizing, oh, uh, the people in this setting act like this, so I'm going to act like this. And I, I, I guess I need that kind of backpack. Oh, I'm, I, they have a binder, you know, for their music that has all these tabs. I, I guess I got to go buy one. And so you see what I'm saying? You start to, you start to um, adjust to your setting. And within that situation, you begin the comparison game. That's a lot, right? That's a lot to take on. That's a lot to talk about. My goal for today is for you to just kind of think about this a little bit. Let it settle in. Think about the environments you've placed yourself in. Now, maybe they're not bad. Maybe they're great environments. Maybe you've got a wonderful group of friends. Maybe the people that you follow on Instagram are really inspiring to you and you um, love what they put out. They love their content. And the friends that you have chosen to be in your life and the groups that you have chosen to to be a part of and the activities that you have chosen to do are, are good, positive things in your life. And you can name off all the positive attributes of those activities and involvements. But maybe there's something that's causing you to feel like you don't add up, like you're inadequate amongst those people. And that's where we get stuck. That's where we start to play this comparison game and we don't even know it. We don't even realize that our comparison game is keeping us from moving the dial in our own lives because we're trying so hard to fit in. And I'm just going to give you one more example to this. I absolutely love Joanna Gaines. And like the rest of the country, and now I think the world, I caught the fixer-upper bug. I really did. I love that show. I love watching it. And I would never say one word. I'm kind of, you know, it's almost like an unspoken taboo. Nobody says anything bad about Joanna, right? We love Joanna Gaines. I've been numerous times to the silos in Waco and bought some of the things at the Magnolia Market, and I just absolutely adore this brand and this this couple who have done so many amazing things. I'm actually just got done reading Chip Gaines's book, Capital Gains, and I'm getting ready to read her book as well. But I'll tell you what I noticed or I have noticed over the last, I don't know, however long it's been since their show came out, four years, five years, what I noticed was um, I started to look around my house. (laughs) Am I the only one? I can't be the only one. I started to look around my house and go, oh my God, what is your problem, Amy? Why can't you get it together? You are, you've got clutter, you've got, you know, um, things that don't match. 
And, you know, why? And then I started doing this thing with my husband, to my husband, like, well, you need to get on it with getting those cabinets done, or you need to get the, that garage cleared out. And we, we did. And I started getting demanding because I was watching Fixer Upper, right? I was, no, I, I was surrounding myself. That was my influencer right there. You know, I was surrounding myself with the idea that this is how a house should look. Tell me I'm not alone. Tell me I'm not alone. So that started to really do something in my head. And honestly, I still love watching even reruns of Fixer Upper. Like if I've got a Sunday afternoon and, you know, the kids are outside playing and I'm just kind of chilling out, that's probably what I'm going to turn on. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. But what it does to me is it causes me to look around and say, oh, I hate my environment. I hate my environment. So once we we identify what those comparisons are that we've got in our head and what it's causing us to, to feel about ourselves and our own lives, it could be about our marriage, it could be about our home, like I felt with Fixer Upper, it could be about how our kids are behaving, whether or not we're making organic chicken or not whether or not our stroller is, is the top of the line, whether or not our car is, it can go on and on and on until we literally feel like our, our lives are just crap. And that can stop us dead in our tracks from even trying to pursue anything outside of ourselves. Because we can get so caught up and go down these rabbit holes of comparison and trying to make our lives better in a, in a way that is not what our priorities are. It's somebody else's priorities. Can I just go there for a second? Joanna Gaines is really good at designing homes and picking out things that work well in a home or a space. That is not my gift. I sing high C's in front of an audience on an opera stage. (laughs) I can speak. I can write. I don't have the gift for that. Now, I can work on it if that's something that I enjoy doing, right? But if I get into a trap of comparing myself to someone like her, or even someone that I know who's just really good at decorating their house, I can literally find myself in a corner eating bonbons, feeling really bad about myself. It's just the reality. And then I get in, in stuck in that trap. And guys, I say this, I call this out today in our series of getting clear this week on what it is we want to do and figuring out our next move. I say this because I feel like this is the beginning of it all. And some people would argue, maybe there's more to it than that. I I really find that for the sake of time, I need to simplify it. Maybe there's something else that's causing you specifically to just get caught up. But I feel like comparison is a really big thing that a lot of us deal with. And I wanted to address it today 
And I've actually got a downloadable comparison worksheet that I want you to have. It's free. And if you go to my show notes, you can click on the link to get your free comparison worksheet. It's just five little questions that help you kind of work through who you're comparing yourself to and if that's really what's holding you back. Are you comparing yourself to other people? Get on the show notes, get that comparison worksheet, work through it, and I'll be back with you tomorrow to continue this podcast series, Getting Clear. Thank you so much for listening. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast episode. It means so much for me. And please don't forget to leave a review. Till next time. Bye-bye.